Uh, turn to Proverbs 17. Anybody still having fun? <laughs> okay, so let me. This, this won't go super long today, but there's two Hope Notes I want to plug. Hope Notes are out in the kiosk out there where it says free materials. These are Hope Notes, and we encourage everybody to be a Hope dealer because people need hope today. And so, you know, if... if we're hope dealers. Let's face it. We're not here for ourselves anymore because it'd be far better to be with Jesus right now. We're obviously on the earth for something other than ourselves until we see Jesus and it's for other people. This one is called Joy Makes Good Things Happen. It's not just a responder. Joy is a producer. If you want your life to get better, get a better attitude. It's a spiritual force. I'm going to show you. Um, and this one, Joy is a choice. You don't just wait for good things to happen. You choose to be joyful because you're not a tree. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be joyful. You can be sad. It's up to you, not circumstances. I said it's up to you. Besides that, be glad is way stronger than feel glad. And if you will be glad, things will change in your life eventually. So I want to talk to you today not about being joyful once in a while. I want to talk to you today about living a joyful life. Something that is a part of your lifestyle. You do it without thinking. It's habit. It's automatic. I want to talk to you about making some adjustments on the inside to where you are now a joyful person, not just a person who's joyful once in a while. I need to get them amen flags, I can see. I'm not going to talk today just about being joyful once in a while. I want to talk to you today about being a joyful person And making whatever changes you need to make in your life so you become that kind of person ASAP. All right? So let's look here in Proverbs 17. Let's develop the habit of joy. What do you say? Look at verse 22. And we'll read this out of the King James. Then Michael's going to put up on the screen three other translations, I think. But it says here, God said, a merry heart does good. Now that to me is so interesting because it's not a merry heart Feels good when things are good. It says a merry heart does good. Merry heart does something. It's not just responding to something. A merry heart does something. It does something. It makes something happen. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit, or one translation says a sad spirit, dries your bones. Does your attitude affect your physical health? According to God, and a lot of researchers today, after millions of dollars worth of research, they could have saved all that money, read the Bible, and got the answer. But anyway, they're finding out today that if you, you can actually be so happy that things are released in your body that fight disease. Yeah. And you can actually be so sad and stressed and strifeful that cancer can develop in your body. Absolutely. They discovered this. After thousands and millions of dollars worth of research... When they could have went down to the store and bought a Bible and figured it out just because God said so thousands of years ago. Put all that money into something else. So, a merry heart makes a healthy body, one translation says. If you become happy, if you become a happy person, by choice, and things don't get better, the Lord lied to you. If you become a happy person, you know, all things being equal, you're not living in sin. If you become a happy person and things don't get better, the Lord lied. He didn't lie. I want to encourage you, practice joy. 
exercise joy. Come on, why do we ever think joy was just something that happens when it's listed with love and long-suffering and temperance? Do we just wait for love to happen or do we walk in love on purpose? Amen. It's the fruit of the Spirit. You walk in love on purpose. Well, love, joy, peace, they're all fruits of the Spirit. These aren't things that just happen. There's things you choose to live in. So here's what you need to do. You need to get used to being happy when you don't feel happy. You need to get used to being joyful when you feel achy on the inside of your heart. Huh? You need to get used to this lifestyle of faith if you want to see great and mighty things happen in your life. You got to get used to doing things you don't feel like doing if you want to be successful God's way. Some people call it, well, I'm not being real. You're just too focused on the flesh. You think your flesh is the most highest reality in your life and you're messed up. Well, I'm just going to be real. If I feel like complaining, I'm going to complain. I'm just real. Real carnal. Real fleshly minded. Come on, there's many times you're going to feel stuff that you know is not in line with the Bible. What are you going to do? You're going to respect the Bible and tell your feelings to get in line. I think we need to be the kind of people, like Smith Wigglesworth said, I think we need to be the kind of people that when we wake up in the morning, we don't ask ourselves how we feel. We tell ourselves how to feel. Your tongue can control your body, but most people's bodies are controlling their tongue. They feel it and they say it. They don't feel it, they say it. No, that's backwards. The Bible says the tongue is supposed to bridle the body, not the body, the tongue. Your tongue is supposed to control your body, but most people's bodies are controlling their speech. Backwards. David talked to himself in a tremendous trial of his life where stress and enemies were coming from every side. And he had to talk to himself. And he said, he said, Why are you cast down, O my soul? He's talking to himself. Why are you to cast down? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for he is the health of my countenance and my God. He had to talk to himself. You're going to have to talk to yourself. You have to say, why are you cast down? God's done a lot for you. Just because a few circumstances are haywire right now doesn't mean I should be down and depressed. God came down. Jesus came. Died on the cross. I'm going to heaven. I got angels. By his stripes I was sealed. He's meeting all my needs. He loves me. He forgives me. I got mercy. I got grace. You can talk yourself into joy if you know how to talk. Are feelings of sadness real? Yes. Yes. We're not talking about, hey, hey, stop feeling sad. We're talking about doing something stronger than feeling sad. Being glad is stronger than feeling glad. Feelings are fickle. They come and go. Your body's not fully redeemed yet. You're going to sense stuff in your body that's conducive with an unregenerate person. But your spirit's brand new and your spirit can rise up and be whatever it wants to be. The Bible never said feel glad. The Bible never said feel joy. It said be glad. Be joyful. That's a decision from your inner man to be something that you can choose to be. So now look at these scriptures up here. Same verse, different translations. NIV says a cheerful heart is good medicine. And it's real medicine. Good news translation says being cheerful keeps you healthy. Anybody like preventative medicine? Oh, now we're getting into some good stuff. 
You know what that means? That means never getting sick. But you need to be on preventative medication if you want that to happen in your life. I didn't say this. The Lord said this. If you have a problem with it, talk to Him. Being cheerful keeps you healthy. Today's Passion Translation, the Passion Translation, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Should you monitor what's going on on the inside of you? Should you monitor your attitude and should you make sure it's going the right direction? Absolutely. We're real big on attitude in our, this church. We thank God for principles. We thank God for one, two, three. But if it never gets in your blood, if it never gets in your attitude, it may not do much for you. When it comes to faith, thank God for principles, but it better get in your blood. You better be like David when Goliath's facing you. Instead of just going, well, let me see, one, two, three. You better go, hey, you uncircumcised problem. Defying the armies of the living God. You're going down, man. That's an attitude of faith. And we having the same spirit of faith as it is written. I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Like David and Joshua and Paul and Jesus. The King of kings and Lord of lords. We believe and we speak. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. And I want to show you a story, another true historical story, that if you believe, you'll get the same results. Not just if you're in church hearing. These things were written that we might believe. So everybody say, I believe what I'm hearing today. And it's going to work for me. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Anybody having a good time? <laughs> this is a really good verse. You're going to love this. This is talking about, we're just going to read uh, the whole context here. We'll get right up to verse 20. What verses did I say? We're going to read verses 1 through 20. So let's do a little Bible study here. Now, there was a certain man of Ramathim and Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elknah, the son of Jorham, the son of... You know what? We're reading too much here. <laughs> Come on, man. What are we going to do reading all this here? We don't have... Actually, actually, you can get healed reading table of contents in the Bible. Um, but let's 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 go down a little further here. Uh, let's look at verse three. <laughs> let's just let's just give those names, okay? <laughs> and this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phineas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time that Elijah offered, he gave Phineah, his wife, and all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Before we go any further here, um, in the Old Testament, they didn't know a whole lot about the devil. And they thought a lot of things that happened were God, but they weren't God causing them. It was God allowing some things, but what he allows is not what he wants. I mean, this is just, he has to work with free will. He has to work with other things on man's side. So when it says the Lord had shut up her womb, actually in the Hebrew, there's really no Greek. There's, 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 in the English language, there's one word. It's a, it's a, it's a verb for the Old Testament. It's, a, it's in the causative sense throughout the whole Bible. It's always sounding like God caused these problems. But if you look it up in the original, there's a permissive verb which is used in these areas. So it would be more like the Lord permitted it as opposed to I caused it. And that's a whole study you can do. It's a whole wonderful study in the Hebrew. 
So you have to keep that in mind when you're reading the Old Testament. Really, this should read like this. The Lord had permitted her to be barren. That's different from him wanting it, and that's different from her causing it. There was some, And you'll find out in just a minute why she was barren, and it wasn't because it was the Lord's will. It was because Hannah was not in line with receiving what the Lord had provided. So next verse, it said, And her adversary provoked, provoked her so, sore to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb, or permitted it to be shut up. And as he did so year by year, the adversary year by year just vexed this woman when she went up to the house of the Lord. So she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Hannah. Then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? The husband was getting a little frustrated here. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Now somebody tell me, why was she in bitterness of soul and weeping? She was barren and her adversary was making fun of her. Right? The ladies that could get pregnant were making fun of her. Ha 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 ha. And so she was in bitterness, and then it says, She vowed a vow and said, this is Hannah, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of me, your handmaiden, and remember me and forget not your handmaiden, then will I give, then will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, if you will do that, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli, that's the priest, marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunk. And Eli said unto her, How long will you be drunken? Put away your wine from you, woman. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. Now, what did we just read that happens if you have a broken, crushed spirit? It dries up your bones. It affects your physical body. So God had to get her out of this. This is one of the reasons she was barren and she needed some tweaking and adjusting here. No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have neither drunk wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Don't count me... Don't count your handmaiden as a daughter of Belial, but, but for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Now, there's a lot of people think there's nothing wrong with that. You know, just be, be real, man. Be honest. Just, just say it like it is. And you can. See, that's the cool thing about free will. You can stay in any state you want. Sad, happy, it's your choice. But it wasn't doing her any good. It was keeping her from the full blessing of God. It was clogging the pipe. Her attitude was messing things up in her life. And, and it says, Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and, the God, and God grant you the petition that you have asked of him. Don't, don't go to the next verse. So she's praying, and she has been praying for a long time, and just not seeing any answers. I wonder... Why sometimes today people pray and pray and pray and pray and they don't quite see the answers. Things don't happen. Well, because there's more than prayer involved if you want to see help from the Lord. There's this little word called believe. And with it comes peace and joy, even though you haven't seen the answer yet. 
This is how you can tell you're really believing. You got some peace and you got some joy, but the problems are still the same. This is how you can tell if you believe. You got some peace and you got some joy, but the problems are still the same. Because see, faith sees beyond the problem. Faith sees the invisible. Faith sees what's about to happen, not what is happening. Faith gets excited when everybody else who's not believing is still sad. Because faith sees God. Faith sees the scriptures. Faith sees past this physical realm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Everybody say yet. (laughs) Not yet seen. And so Eli said, woman... This preacher's now getting a little frustrated with the husband's frustrated. Now the preacher's, well, listen, man, listen, listen, listen. Just, just believe God heard you. And a lot of people choose not to. And God's not going to make them. And she, something happened to her this day. He said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant you your petition that you've asked of him. Now, she's got a choice here. I can either hang on to my bitterness, hang on to my sorrow, hang on to the way I want to be, or I can respect the man of God who's hearing from the Lord, quit being sad by choice, and go home and eat. She has a choice to make here. And the choice she made got her a miracle. Which would mean if she made a different choice, we probably wouldn't even be reading this in the scriptures today. Probably wouldn't even be in the Bible. So he said, go home, woman. God grants your petition. Come on, just believe he heard you. Go, believe he got it, leave. And she said, let your handmaiden find grace in your sight. So the woman went her way and did eat. That's a good sign. Hmm? And her countenance was no more sad. Is that important? Is her choosing. Now, her countenance is no more sad and she's still barren. It's easy to get happy when things go well. It takes a little maturity to be happy because God said things are going to go well and nothing's changed yet. This is what separates the men from the boys and the women from the little girls. What is that? You act in faith. She was no better. She, she had no miracle. But notice something changed in her. She, she's waiting for a change out here. You need to be changing in here if things aren't changing out here, right? You need to be looking at, maybe there's a change in here that needs to take place before a change out here can take place. And so notice her countenance was no more sad. What happened now? Okay, so she got out of bitterness. She's not complaining anymore. She's done praying. She's believing God heard her prayer. And it said, they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elikna knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived. It was a miracle. That she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And we can add also, and also because I got out of complaining and bitterness and got happy and believed God heard my prayer. I got my kid. Right? 
Oh, guys, do you see this? Oh, my goodness. Her countenance no longer sad, but she was still barren. No sign of any change, yet she was no longer sad. It takes faith. That's, you can't fake that. That takes faith. You've got to believe God heard my prayer. You enter into a rest, and now the miracle power of God can show up in your life. This is a bigger deal than we thought. Well, I'm just so sad. Well, why? Obviously, you don't believe God heard your prayer. Obviously, you don't believe that you got what you asked him. Or why would you still be sad? I mean, why would we be happy if a person says, I'm going to do such and such for you, and you ain't seen it? All you got is their word. I'm going to buy you a house. I'm going to pay off your house. I'm going to buy you a brand new car. It's going to be shipped in one week from right now. Why would you be happy before you saw it? Because you have respect for somebody's word. If we have the same kind of respect for God we have for people who can, be, who can miss it and lie, we'll see results. Faith and respect are almost like synonymous terms. If God said it, you need to just get happy about the fact that he can't lie. And get in some joy, right? Now turn to Joel chapter 1. And I want to say this again. I want you to understand we're not just talking about being joyful. We're talking about living a joyful life. Making tweaks in your attitude. You find yourself driving down the road and the thought will come. Just smile. And you'll feel like, I don't want to smile. I look weird right now. I don't feel like smiling. I don't want to smile. I don't feel like smiling. I don't want to smile. Why do I want to smile? I don't know. Things are not. Smile. Go against the grain. Do something uncomfortable and see a change in your life. How about right now we just smile? <laughs> Now smile because you really mean it. You need to get in the habit of smiling. I'm serious. You need to get in the habit of smiling. I can't believe that Joel Osteen was persecuted for smiling too much. What, they, call him the, they call him the smiling preacher, the happy preacher. Would you rather him be the sad, depressed preacher? I mean, would that be okay? Actual persecution. Persecution for smiling too much. That takes demonic help to persecute somebody for smiling too much. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> that takes demon help. Ah, oh, look at them, they're smiling. What are you yielding to? Some depressive demon or something? We, we, should, we should be the happiest people on the earth. Church, we should be having so much fun that everybody around us wants what we have. They want to be around us. They want to know where we go. They want to know what we do. We should be so happy. David said this, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation and I'll teach transgressors in the way and I'll get sinners converted unto you. What? Why would he say that? Lord, restore unto me joy and I'll be an effective witness. I'll teach transgressors in the right way and I will help sinners to be converted unto you. When? Come on, whether you want to be joyful or not, let's obey the Lord. Can we do this, guys? Joy is not an option if you want to be fully obedient to the Lord because He's the one that said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, that doesn't mean there's a 24-7 smile on your face, but there is an attitude about you that people really like. Amen. You know, when darkness comes and you're surrounded with terrible circumstances, but you decide to sing a song of joy anyway, it shows that you're a mature person. Actually, what you do in dark times makes you or breaks you. It makes you a, a bigger man or woman or it breaks you down into a, a continuous childish person. 
It's, it's not easy to sing in the dark. But rejoice in the Lord always covers two times. When you feel it and when you don't feel like it. And you're going to find out how mature you are when you don't feel like it by what you do. Joy, we need to be up, happy. Now, I, I said this a couple weeks ago. If you're living in sin, you need to get on your face, realize what you're doing is leading to destruction for you and a lot of other people. Get on your face, maybe not for other people directly, but your influence to them won't be what it could be. And if they needed you and you're not ready, then it's, they're, they're going to hurt for it too. The Bible says, if you're living in sin, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. In other words, if you're living in sin, you better get it right before you are destroyed. And that takes a seriousness coming on you that takes you realizing, what what am I? There are people right now all over this planet that are not weeping and mourning for their lifestyles of sin, thinking that God's approving of them, but really it's just the enemy bringing back some of his attacks because he's got them where he wants them. Some people interpret, wow, I'm feeling pretty good right now, even though I'm living with somebody I'm not married to, and even though I'm drinking and getting drunk and all this stuff, I'm feeling pretty good. And they're taking that feeling as an approval of the Lord, when really it's just the enemy backing up. And not putting any pressure on you to make you feel good in your sin. If you're a Christian and you're living in knowing sin and you don't feel bad about it, you're in bigger trouble than you think. That, it's interesting to think that feeling okay can be a terrible thing. But the enemy wants you to feel okay if you're living in sin. So he's going to take his pressure off. Well, God's not going to hurt you because he loves you. If the enemy takes his pressure off, you're going to be deceived into thinking, yeah, everything's cool. This is all right. And you just keep walking on in your sin. The devil's leaving you alone, other than tempting you with the sin. God's not going to hurt you because he loves you. He's not a destroyer. He has to send Satan to destroy flesh. God can't do it. He doesn't do it. And you think, well, everything's wonderful. Everything's fine. Not realizing you're on a road. That's headed toward a cliff. Oh, come on. Did you just hear what what the Lord just told us in these last few minutes? That's pretty amazing. The revelation we just heard. Just because you feel okay doesn't mean you are okay. And just because you're not feeling okay doesn't mean you're not great. (laughs) Amen. So Joel chapter 1, verse 12. Joel 1, verse 12, we read this scripture previously. The vine is dried up, the fig tree languisheth, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree, also the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered. Their businesses were doing terrible. Well, it's because, you know, the, the, the weather has been so awful and the economy and, you know, the government and this and that. No, 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 no. Come on, grow up and take some responsibility. Oops, I should, oh, that was reserved for Wednesday night. I'm sorry, church. <laughs> Come on, why was their businesses withering? 
Everybody's pointing their finger at all these other reasons why their business isn't fail. These people just moved in next to me with the same business and all this over here. And these people don't like me. And these people lied about me over here. And then this happened over here. And the economy's not any good. And the president did this. And da 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 da. Grow up and realize you are the number one reason your life is the way it is. Why did these things start withering? Because joy, because joy is withered away from the sons of men. There it is again. Right? So not only does sadness and lack of joy affect your body in a negative way, it affects your finances. So what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to be joyful in the worst month, in the worst year of your business's life. And start declaring, you know what? I'm not moved by what I see, feel, or hear. God's word said he's going to pull me up. I'm coming up. You hear me? I'm coming up. Business is going to get better. God's meeting all my need. Things have to get better because the Lord didn't lie. You need to adopt that phrase in your life. God didn't lie to me. Get an attitude about it. So, if you want to attract good success, you're going to have to get in joy. Um, I told you this a while back, and I, I looked on Google, and I, I typed in Bill Gates, and I, ty- and I clicked on images because I wanted to see pictures of him. And I'm not kidding. I started scrolling. I was going to tell Michael to do this today, but we don't need to. I started scrolling down to all these pictures of Bill Gates. I am not kidding you. This guy is like, I think he was born smiling. It, it, the pictures that he wasn't smiling, he was in the middle of a talk like this or, or like this. Um, almost every, and even, even when he was arrested in Arizona as a teenager for um, violation of traffic laws, he's smiling. They, they got his mugshot. He's like, with the orange on, little thing around his neck, smiling. And I started thinking, Lord, is there a connection between being happy and being rich? He said, look at these scriptures and you tell me. If withering of joy does negative things to your business, what would abundance of joy do for your business? It would attract supernatural help, customers, increase. Are you listening? So I came up with this thought. I thought, are people happy because they're rich? Or are they rich because they're happy? Are people happy because they're rich? Are they rich because they're happy? I'm just going to say this. Galio, there's something coming your way, man. Look at his smile. Every time I see him, every time I think of him, I see a smile. That's a powerful attitude that's going to lead you to some amazing success. I know there's ministry in your life, but in, until then, preparation time or whatever, you're headed for some big things, man. And part of it, is, a lot of it, is because of the attitude you have in your life. The, the smile, the... Actually, you, you came to my mind when I was thinking about Bill Gates, so I thought that was really kind of cool. <laughs> and I don't say that lightly. Does being happy have anything to do with your life being better? then why are we just waiting for circumstances to line up to be happy? Why don't we be full-time happy people? Full-time. I think it should be our profession. You know, you go to work when you want to, you go to work when you don't want to. Right? We're, happy when we, we're happy when we want to be happy, we're happy when we don't want to be happy. Because something invisible is controlling our life. 
We see way past this physical world. And all these problems put together are only a speck of time in eternity. All right, one more scripture, please. Turn to... uh, Turn to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. Let's look at one more scripture and we will close. What should we be happy about? (laughs) Well, there's thousands of promises that you should get happy about. Right? Okay, real quick. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 through 11. Let me just show you here what a negative attitude will do for you if you want to go that route, just in case you do. Now, now these things were our examples, talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness, going from Egypt to the Promised Land. Took them 40 years. Should have took them four weeks. It said these things were our examples. These children of Israel coming out of Egypt, trying to get to the Promised Land. They're examples to whom the intent, we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. It's interesting here, he's calling pleasure an idol. He's calling, he's calling pleasure an idol. And talking about sitting down, eating and drinking, rising up to play. They loved that more than the Lord, and it became a snare in their life, and they were destroyed by the enemy because of it, not God. It said, neither let us commit fornication, which is sex outside of marriage, as some of them committed. How many know it's still God's will that people wait till they're married to have sex? It's the will of the Lord. No matter how popular it gets, no matter how happy people seem, it's headed to destruction if they don't get it right. If they know better, they're accountable. You're not judged for what you don't know, but if you know it and you have light on it, that's a big deal. Yeah, but Pastor, I see a lot of people that are happy and they're living together. Well, that's just probably the enemy relieving pressure so you could make you think it's okay. And it ain't okay. And, it's not, and it's, not, it's not okay because God's just God and He wants to control us like puppets. He knows the outcome from, He knows the end from the beginning. He knows where these things lead. There are many people today messing up their lives, just boldly rejecting what they know God said simply because other Christians are doing it and they don't seem to be in any problems either. Uh, please come up people if that's you just come up and and grow up and see that that's ridiculous so let's not commit fornication as some of them also committed and fell in one day 23,000 don't tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents notice how the enemy had access to these people who were doing these things next verse Ah, so we say yeah fornicators get your act together yeah you idol worshippers get your act together yeah you tempters of Christ get your act together Uh, There's one more category here. So we might want to be so quick to point the finger. Now that word murmur means complain. Neither murmur you or complain as some of them also murmured. Oh, and they just got a little slap on the hand. No, they were destroyed of the same destroyer. Murmuring is as bad as fornicating. We should be just as embarrassed for being known as as a murmurer as a fornicator. We should be just as embarrassed for being known as a murmurer than we would an idol worshiper. Now everybody complains. And that's one of the reasons everybody is hardly seeing any great blessings of God in their life. Wondering why all these other problems are taking place. They were murmuring. So this is what you don't want. You don't want the destroyer having access to your life. You want to be a joyful person by choice because you believe what God said. So let's stand up.